We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With all that said, how about we get into a little bit of our mailbag, open up the big old bag of mail. As uh, Chip Patterson says over on the Cover 3 podcast, he does an awesome job with Danny Cannell, uh, Bud Elliott, and a couple other uh, folks as well. Um, but if you guys are here live on YouTube, wow, we got we got a crowd out here tonight or today. Uh, we got 70 folks in the live stream. Thank you guys so much for being there being here do me a quick favor hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on future live shows like this trying to ramp up the podcast really been having a lot of fun so let's see what we have here um on the mailbag portion uh this comes from twitter i put out a tweet asking for questions and uh we had some great responses so appreciate you guys for uh, responding and uh, helping helping guide the show. First question comes from uh, YFZ450Duck, who asked, what was the best part of the Achilles Smith interview? Yeah, so if you guys haven't seen this already, I was out in San Diego last weekend to see Achilles Smith Jr. Uh, at Lincoln, Oregon's newest 2025 commit. And uh, his dad, Achilles Smith Jr., Achilles Smith, uh, the legendary Oregon quarterback, he coaches at Lincoln. So I, I figured I wanted to take some of his time and, and just kind of pick his brain on a couple of things. You know, there was a lot of good stuff in that interview. I uh, talked about how it was unique for him to experience that recruitment with his son, um, just as a parent versus as a coach, um, talked about how he has been going to Oregon games since he was six or seven, uh, Oregon was one of his first words. I think it's kind of what he joked about. But I think my favorite part of that interview was really just hearing the real and hearing his thoughts about the move to the Big Ten. Uh, because he talked about more or less that that was just a move Oregon had to make to, to keep getting the exposure, to, to keep playing big-time football. So while it was bittersweet, it was sad for him to, to see the Pac-12, you know, more or less uh, dissolve. That's where it's going right now. It's only the Pac-4. Um, he thought that it was, you know, a good a good move for Oregon. So I think that that was just interesting to see that player insight, a former player, uh, making that, um, making those thoughts known, and just having having that bittersweetness because the Pac-12 has has produced some amazing teams, some amazing games. I grew up watching the Pac-12. Uh, primarily Stanford since I'm from the Bay Area, but then Oregon got on my radar around fourth grade, fifth grade. Um, so 
just just cool to kind of see his insight about where college is headed. Um, talked about how he wants to talk with some parents of recruits just to give them some insight on the recruiting process because this is the craziest time we've ever seen in college football and certainly in recruiting. You have name, image, and likeness. You have the transfer portal. You have the coaching carousel. Um, and, and so much is happening. You have guys flipping. Uh, you know, you have the drama. There's just so much going on in the modern era of, of college football. So I think that that was those were some of my favorite insights from that interview. So thank you for the question. All right, let's get to our next question. This question comes from Matt Hardy. Thanks for the question, Matt. Matt asks, with the new move to the Big Ten, any chance on flipping guys like Rushing or Williams? Uh, I think we're talking there about Elijah Rushing, the five-star edge rusher committed to Arizona. And then Justin Williams, five-star linebacker that is currently committed to Georgia. So I've talked about this on a couple of shows recently, uh, but what's the recruiting impact of Oregon's move to the Big Ten? I think it's obviously a very positive move when it comes to the recruiting trail. And I think it's really nothing but positive uh, as far as future impact and what you're going to see ultimately happen now that they made that move, they made that move. You get Dakota Fields. I don't think that was instrumental in his decision, but it's positive. So Elijah Rushing, I think that's an interesting one. It's a complicated recruitment, seeing that he is a hometown kid. I know that Arizona really sold him on that hometown hero aspect of his recruitment, being able to be a guy that can be the face of the program and, and really help the Wildcats get back to a good spot under Jed Fish. So... I think that the move certainly helps, but I'm curious how much it moves the needle for a guy like uh, Elijah Rushing. I'm, I'm, I know that they're going to stay recruiting him. Um, now that Arizona is going to the Big 12, that's obviously a move that helped kind of shore up their conference stability, uh, at least in these next couple of years, making that move alongside Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Um, I think that it helps their chances of, of flipping a guy like Elijah Rushing. I'm not predicting that's going to happen right now, but I think it certainly only helps Oregon sell themselves even better. Uh, they have the development factor over Arizona. You have the big game factor over Arizona. Now that you're heading to the Big Ten versus the Big 12, uh, you certainly have, uh, I think, stronger coaches when you're looking at what Elijah Rushing ultimately wants to do and become one of the best edge rushers in college football. Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, that factor was huge in, uh, in Oregon's recruitment of Elijah Rushing. Um, but that was an interesting recruitment. We, we already talked about how um, Oregon was really in the driver's seat for a long time in that recruitment, and then Arizona came in late and, and really put the pressure on and, and ultimately were able to, to seal the deal. So I think that's probably more realistic than Justin Williams, but since he asked about him, let's do it. Let's make the case for Elijah, not Elijah rushing for Justin Williams, the five-star linebacker out of Conroe, Texas, Oak Ridge high school. Um, is it Oak Ridge? I don't know why I'm having second thoughts on that. Okay. It is Oak Ridge, uh, Justin Williams and Georgia. I mean, th this was one that I think Oregon was in an awesome spot for, for a, a really long time. Heck, I've written that I even thought he was on the verge of committing to Oregon uh, in the fall. Um, Dan Lanning did an awesome job just prioritizing him as one of Oregon's top linebacker targets here in the 24 class. 
And when you lose a school, when you lose a recruit to a guy like to a school like Georgia, I think it's a different, a different, uh, a different tune than when you lose a guy like Elijah Rushing to Arizona, because Arizona has, I don't want to say never, but rarely competed with Oregon on the recruiting trail. They flipped Tetairo and McMillan in the 22 class, but I really think that was just because of the coaching change from Cristobal to Lanning. The whole staff changed, and he had teammates over at Arizona. But when you lose out on a guy like Justin Williams to Georgia, there's really not that much that you can say. I mean, how, how do you negatively recruit against Georgia? I'm not saying that's Oregon's goal, but just as a fan – I'm posing that question to you guys. How do you, how do you negatively recruit against Georgia? Back-to-back national titles. Uh, their entire 2021 defense is now in the NFL or on an NFL team. Kirby Smart as a head coach. Um, you're at the forefront of the sport in the SEC. I, mean, I, I could go on here. I'm not trying to hype up Georgia. I'm just trying to look at it through an analytical lens and kind of just give you my thoughts here. But I think that now that Oregon's heading to the Big Ten, it certainly really helps their chances of trying to flip a guy like Justin Williams. He was already down to Oregon and Georgia, so I think he is somebody that they're, they're going to continue to recruit, You know, maybe try to get him back on campus uh, this upcoming season. He, they did get an official visit out of him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the Texas schools continue to recruit him, seeing that he is the number one player in the state of Texas. Um, but I don't necessarily think that this drastically changes Oregon's chances to flip a guy like Justin Williams or uh, uh, Elijah Rushing. Uh, I would fully expect this coaching staff to stay involved with both of those guys, keep the muni- keep the communication going, try to get them back out for a visit. Um, so maybe, maybe things aren't over for either of those recruits in their respective recruitments with Elijah rushing heading to Arizona with a verbal and Justin Williams heading to Georgia with a verbal as well. Keep in mind too, that Georgia has Justin Williams teammate, Joseph Jonah, Ajonye, uh, defensive line men in the 24 class committed as well. So that might make it a little bit harder to, to break those guys up. All right, we have another question from the Stez88. Uh, Stez says, uh, "Late kick at Late Kick Josh, you know Josh Pate of the Late Kick Podcast. Uh, Late Kick Josh does a segment called What Ifs. So I ask you, what if Oregon has the same to slightly better offense, but has a top 30 defense? I'm assuming we're talking about the 2023 season and kind of what's in store for the Ducks uh, in, in this upcoming year. Oregon's offense was crazy last year. I don't want to say unstoppable, but it really felt like the first time since maybe the 2014 season with Marcus Mariota um, when they went to the national title game and he won a Heisman. It it felt like the confidence was kind of back to that level. Um, You knew Oregon was going to be able to score a lot, and there really weren't that many defenses that were capable of slowing down Bo Nix and the Ducks. That said... Georgia clearly did that, but that was the start of the season. First game for Bo Nix on the road in Atlanta. That was a home game for Georgia. There's not a lot you can say there, but now you enter this year when Kenny Dillingham is no longer the offensive coordinator. He kind of looked like the Bo Nix whisperer 
in 2022, seeing that Bo Nix was incredibly up and down like this every other week uh, when he was an Auburn Tiger. But now Will Stein comes in to lead the offense for Oregon, and I think that we're still going to see a really good version of Bo Nix, and there's reason to think I'm confident that he's going to be able to get the job done even with uh, a new coach leading the show on offense. But I say all that to say we all know that the defense was what really held Oregon back a year ago. So if Oregon can have a top 30 defense, uh, I think it really makes you confident that they're going to be able to kind of reach those goals in 2024. Uh, sorry, 2023. Because I don't really think you can hang a particular loss last year on the defense. You can talk about Oregon State for sure. If you're going to hang a loss on the defense in any game, it's going to be that Oregon State game. But the defense also didn't do that great of a job against Washington when they were just airing it out. Michael Penix could seemingly do whatever he wanted operating in the in the pocket um, for the Huskies. But if they have a top 30 defense, I think you're able to close the door on uh, a lot more of your opponents and you don't find yourself in as many close games. I'm thinking back to the Cal game last year where I think Oregon fans were holding their breath a little bit as the Golden Bears kind of tried to mount a, a late comeback. Um, and then I'm also thinking about that Oregon State game. If you have a top 30 defense, I think you're looking at a more complete group from top to bottom, uh, not a group that you're only confident in just stopping the run, but also confident in getting after the quarterback. I think if you have a top 30 defense, that, that kind of spells out Oregon kind of figuring things out for the most part and with their pass rush. It's been a group that they – obviously have left a lot to be desired. Now you bring in Jordan Birch and Mateo Uyunglele, who are going to be instrumental in Oregon's defense, it looks like, in 2023. Certainly Birch coming from the portal, right? I think Mateo is, is maybe a little bit more uh, of an unknown as far as what his role is going to be like as a true freshman in Oregon's defense. But if Oregon has a top 30 defense, I think that also means that they have figured out their third down woes. How many times did we watch this team last year just get absolutely shredded on third down? You do your job on first and second down, and then they kind of just feel like they checked out on third down. Well, you're not going to win a whole lot of games like that. Certainly not going to win a national championship if you can't figure out the third down woes, which is something that absolutely plagued this team a year ago. So if, if Oregon has the same to slightly better offense but has a top 30 defense, I think that Oregon is probably back in the Pac-12 championship game. They should have been in the Pac-12 championship game last year, but we all know they didn't take care of business against Washington and Oregon State. So they have nobody to blame but themselves. If Oregon can get a top 30 defense, I think that puts them in a great spot to, to really win some games handedly. Uh, it gives them a good shot to the best of their ability, kind of shut down some of these big-time quarterbacks that they're going to be facing. I'm looking at Caleb Williams at USC, Cam Rising at Utah, and, and Michael Penix at Washington. So I think that if they have a top 30 defense, they're obviously looking like a much more complete team. And I think that you're a lot more confident in Dan Lane and Tosh Lapoy uh, with, with that defense as kind of the orchestrators and, and really getting things figured out. So if they have that top 30 defense, I think that is an awesome step in the right direction as far as being more confident in Dan Lanning and really seeing that side of the ball kind of live up to the potential, live up to the hype and really do what they're supposed to do. You have all the talent in the world to be a top 30 defense on that side of the ball. You have a stellar coaching staff 
uh, on that side of the ball. You have Dan Lanning leading the defense. You have Tosh Lapoy um, being being uh, one of the best developers of talent. Um, and then you also have Demetrius Martin, who has been nothing but an absolute home run hire for the Ducks, um, developing and recruiting. So the cornerback spot and the safety spot are a little bit questionable for me uh, heading into this year, just because you have some guys who have played some good football, but not really anybody that's played great football for you. That's why I think you're going to see these transfers and maybe even some of these young guys, these true freshmen from the 23 class, compete for snaps and ultimately play big roles in 23. So love the question. Uh, appreciate it. Keep, keep them coming. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's see what our next question is, and maybe I'll get a little bit of a sip of water here. All right, this question comes from Jay Allen. Does Justin Herbert ever come around the program anymore? Yeah, I mean, as a lot of you guys know, I'm not in Eugene anymore, so I can't completely vouch for that, but I would say he does still come around the program. Um, you know, maybe when he has a bye week and he's able to, to fly back home to Eugene, obviously being a Eugene local, I think he has a, a little bit more of an incentive to, to be around the program, but I can't remember the last time he was in Eugene, but, uh, I would, I would definitely think that he still comes around the program. Uh, I bet Oregon would certainly want to line that up with a big recruiting weekend, um, to, to just, you know, be able to, to show him off and, you know, be like, Hey, that's a duck right there. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now. I think. Um, and he's an absolute stud. So I don't remember when he was last around the program, but I'm pretty confident that he does come back around the program for sure. Okay, let's see what we got here. Let's talk about another huge target in Oregon's 24 class. Um, this next question comes from uh, Aaron Martinez. Aaron asks, will Oregon get an OV for Brandon Baker? So Brandon Baker, if you don't know, you probably don't know Brandon Baker is if you're sleep, if you're sleeping under a rock, uh, because this is the number one offensive tackle in the nation for 2024 out of Santa Ana Modern Day. 
and he has definitely emerged as Oregon's top priority target along the offensive line. And Brandon Baker is a guy that has been very closely linked with Oregon for his entire recruitment. His older brother played at Oregon, plays some defensive line. He's been around the program a million times. Uh, and he was a guy that I think was in a great spot to ultimately commit to Oregon back in the fall under Adrian Clem. But that departure kind of created some uncertainty, a little bit of a reset, if you will, uh, for him with his relationships with the Oregon staff. But fortunately for the Ducks, one thing that they did a great job in this spring was getting Baker back on campus and ultimately alleviating any concerns he had of being too comfortable. And I know that one one of the reasons they're selling, uh, one of the things they're selling him on is uh, being the next number one offensive tackle from his class to come to Eugene. Josh Connerly was the number one offensive tackle in 2022, and he has absolutely hit the ground running and looks like the next great offensive lineman that's going to come out of Oregon. But it seems like some people might look on the surface and think, well, have things kind of cooled off with Brandon Baker in Oregon? Where are things at? He always seemed like a guy that was long playing his recruitment, playing the long game um, rather than slow playing. But he seemed like he was not in a hurry to make a commitment. Told me when I first kind of got out to, to Southern California and, you know, this spring when I talked to him, he's looking kind of at a December time frame for his decision in that early signing period, probably wants to get to his school of choice early. Um, I still think that Oregon's in a great spot here with Brandon Baker, but you do have schools like Texas, Ohio state and Nebraska that are all staying involved in this recruitment. I know Texas is obviously a big threat because of the Steve Sarkeesian factor. You're always going to have a good offense to play in with Steve Sarkeesian at the helm. Um, but you also have Ohio state who got a visit from him. Um, I think he took an OV out there and, uh, Nebraska as well. We have to talk about Nebraska. They seem like they have new life, uh, as a recruiting power, uh, under Matt rule. He's made some big moves as a recruiter and he's definitely prioritized Brandon Baker. Uh, he visited, I think, along with his teammate, Nate Frazier, who's a running back in the 24 class. He's committed to Georgia. Oregon fans, I'm sure are well aware of him, but to answer your question, Aaron, I fully expect that Oregon will get an official visit from Brandon Baker. Maybe it just looks like they've like lost a little bit of steam in his recruitment because he hasn't popped up on campus recently. But fortunately for Oregon, I think that even though he's going to visit Nebraska, I believe it is this month for an official visit, I don't think that you really need to worry about getting Brandon Baker back on campus a bunch of times because he already knows what, what the campus looks like, what, what Oregon's vision is for him, what the community is like. He, he has a unique situation where he's probably more familiar with Oregon than just about any recruit in this class. Um, kind of a similar deal with Achilles Smith Jr., right? He's been to Eugene so many times. I don't think that it's a huge concern for him uh, to, to get him back on campus. That said, I think that you definitely want to get an official visit from him during the season just so you can really kind of market the odds and atmosphere, say that it's only going to be getting bigger. Uh, you can look at the progress that Elite Terry has made with the offensive line, see how Josh Connerly is shaping up to be uh, an all-time great when we're looking at Oregon offensive linemen. So uh, I think they're definitely going to get an official visit from Brandon, Brandon Baker. I'm going to try to get out to modern day uh, again, probably next week. Uh, now that they're practicing to get an interview with him, get an interview with Aiden Breland, five-star defensive lineman that Oregon is recruiting out of modern day as well. All right, let's see what other questions we got here. 
Um, we got a question from one old duck, um, frequent question asker. So greatly appreciate that. One old duck asks, now that Oregon is going to the Big Ten, how many five stars will Oregon pick up before the season starts? Well, if we're just looking at before the season starts, I think that's a, a little bit tough to say, seeing that a lot of these guys don't seem like they're announcing their college commitments before the season starts. If you're looking at the five stars that Oregon has the best chance to land right now, I think you don't have to leave the West Coast. I think you're looking at Brandon Baker. Uh, it sounds like his decision timeline could be moving up a little bit based on the recent reporting, but I got to do a little bit of digging there. And you also have Aiden Breland. I already talked about the teams that Oregon's battling for Brandon Baker, but for Aiden Breland, it looks like it's Georgia. looks like it's maybe Texas A&M, Miami. So Oregon's going to have to, you know, show that they're uh, capable of winning some of these big recruiting battles with guys like Aiden Breland. Uh, I think that Breland is a guy that you might want more than Elijah rushing just because um, he's a guy that can generate a lot of havoc and chaos from the interior. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the positions that Oregon has lacked a little bit. You've had guys like Kayvon Thibodeau in recent years, make some noise on the edge. And then you also have uh, Brendan Dorless. Uh, he's looking like he's a guy that's going to really make a name for himself and solidify himself as one of the top defensive linemen in the country this year. So um, if we're talking about before the season starts, I don't really know if I can even project any, uh, but maybe we can revisit this when we uh, have some more commitment dates to work with. Um, Williams Winery out of Lee Summit in Missouri, he's going to be announcing his college commitment uh, before too long. Let me actually double check and see see when he's announcing his college commitment because that's someone that we absolutely have to track. Um, all right. Williams Winery is going to be announcing his college commitment on August 14th. That is a Monday uh, at 3 p.m. at his school. He's working from a top five of Oklahoma, Missouri, Oregon, Georgia, and Tennessee. Um, this one's a little bit hard to get a read on. Um, I think that with Winery, he popped up in Eugene for Saturday Night Live. So, Oregon might have gotten the last visit before he makes his uh, college commitment. Um, but this is a guy that I think was kind of a long shot for Oregon um, in the 2024 recruiting class for a while now. Uh, he did take two visits to Oregon, but he was scheduled to take his official visit in the fall. Now that he's taking his, uh, now that he's making his commitment on August 14th, uh, obviously he's not going to be able to take that official visit to Oregon before his decision. That doesn't mean necessarily that it's off the table, but I think that Winery can make the case for Oregon because they're starting to produce some more defensive linemen. Uh, Dan Lanning has been an absolute you know, beast when it comes to developing top recruits into NFL draft picks from his time at Georgia. And Lanning is also a Missouri native. So I think you hear some of those things, and there's reasons that maybe Oregon can shake things up with Winery. Uh, I feel like the buzz has probably been towards Georgia and Mizzou uh, with Mizzou really making, uh, making it a priority to keep some of those top guys home. And Winery is the top player in the state of Missouri, number one defensive lineman in the 2024 class. Um, hard to bet against Georgia, like we talked about. So I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia or Mizzou is the call for Winery on Monday, but maybe I'll find out something over the weekend and, and share some buzz or Intel with you guys about Oregon's um, Oregon's chances. So I think that uh, 
I think that Williams Winery is another guy. If we're just looking at five stars that Oregon's involved with uh, Jordan Ross out of Alabama, I think that Oregon wasn't a good spot, but now Florida and Tennessee are two of the teams that are trending for the Vestavia Hills edge rusher out in Birmingham. So five-star guys, it's not, uh, it's not looking crazy promising right now, but you know, things can change. Uh, and we'll have to make sure that we um, continue to look at that. Uh, I think one thing that I can talk about is there is a five-star uh, committed to another school that Oregon has stayed involved with, and it's not Elijah rushing in the 2024 class. So I don't want to give too much away there. Um, I'm not sure how much I'm actually allowed to say on that one. So I'm just going to tease you guys with that one. There's a 2024 five-star um, that I haven't really ever talked about that I just found out Oregon is staying involved with. So uh, we'll have to stay tuned in for that one. Keep you guys on your toes a little bit.